Today our topic is revival through Old Testament eyes. Now the concept of revival gets a lot of attention these days. Our pastors are talking about it, our churches are praying for it, and sometimes I think we have this perception that revival is a new idea. When in reality, if you look at the life cycle of the church, we see that from the very dawn of the church, revival has been an absolute necessary component in keeping the established community of faith alive. We could go back to 1300 and John Wycliffe, who first demanded that the Word of God belongs in the hands of the people of God, 1300 AD. Or we could turn to Martin Luther in the 1500s and how he took his 95 Theses and challenged the then dead bureaucracy of the Catholic Church with the ethics of the biblical text. Or we could talk about the First Great Awakening and John Wesley and George Whitfield and how they preached to the masses and once again brought the Word of God back to the people of God. We could talk about the Jesus movement, the vineyard, and all these different movements that have brought new life back to the community of faith. Well, our task today in this little video is to actually talk about a paradigm for revival, a paradigm that found its way into the biblical text and has been preserved in the biblical text for all faith and time, for we, the current community of faith, to look back on and say, what are the stages of revival? What is the recipe for revival? What is the equation for revival? And the story that I'm speaking of, the narrative that we're looking at, is a narrative that comes out of 2 Kings and is told again in 2 Chronicles, and it's the story of a king you may have heard of. His name was Josiah. Josiah actually came to the throne as a young man, a boy, only eight years old, but he was raised by the priests who built in him a passion for a purity of life and a piety that characterized his leadership. So when he comes of age at the age of 16, we read in 2 Kings chapter 22 that he begins to seek the God of his father David. And when he comes of age at 20 as a leader within the community of faith, he actually moves toward reform of his established community of faith. So Josiah, an insider with leadership responsibility, starts seeking to clean out the religion of his own people. And that reform leads him to go into the temple of Yahweh and start hauling out of the temple of Yahweh uh, idols that were dedicated to Baal and pieces that were dedicated to Asherah, the fertility goddess. He actually pulls out the horses and chariots that were dedicated to Shamash, the god of Mesopotamia, from the temple of Yahweh. So obviously reform was needed. But there was a moment in 2 Kings chapter 22 when his reform movement that had grown out of his personal piety caught on fire and turned into a wildfire. Do you know what that moment was? It was the moment when Josiah's men in the temple discovered the book of the law. Right there in the Bible, we find that the people of God had managed to lose the book of God right there in the temple of God. And so Shaphan and Hilkiah the high priest pull out this book and they say to King Josiah, oh my gosh, we found a record of the covenant of God that we didn't know about. And Josiah says, have it read to me. And they read it to him. And this young king, this young man of God, tears his garments in front of his leadership and says, oh my gosh, in this book, which we now know most probably was the book of Deuteronomy, we read laws that we have not been keeping. And so Josiah uses 
his position of leadership to lead his people in a new dedication to this book. First, he confronts them on their compromises. Second, he leads them in learning this covenant. And third, he celebrates the biggest Passover that anyone has ever seen. In other words, announcing to the people of God, let me remind you who you are. You are the people of the Exodus. You are the people of deliverance. You are the blood-bought people of God. You have forgotten who you are. You have forgotten the word of God. And that is why you're in need of revival. Folks, I can tell you that Josiah's paradigm back in 2 Kings 22 is exactly the paradigm that awoke the church in Martin Luther's day. It awoke the church in John Wesley's day, and it can awaken the church again today. And there's an equation. The equation is this, personal piety, a rediscovery of small group prayer, a rediscovery of small group Bible study, and a rededication to this word that has been given to us. The church historians will tell us that every revival from Luther forward has been birthed of these same three principles. A rediscovery of who we are, small group prayer, a commitment to Bible study, and a commitment to pious living. If we actually will mimic this paradigm that was given to us all the way back in the days of Josiah, we will predictably see revival again. The equation is always the same, and it always results in the rebirth of the life cycle of the church. As you take a look at this diagram that's offered to you on the screen, take a look at 11 o'clock. And what you see there is that every community of faith from Josiah's day on forward has been birthed with revival, a revival that is always set afire by the study of the Word of God. And then, of course, the response to that revival is massive numbers of people getting saved and transformed and wanting to enter the church. And, of course, then the most necessary step is that we need to organize those people of faith into discipleship groups and keep them within the community of faith. Ah, but that organization always leads to institutionalization and too often to bureaucracy. And bureaucracy can lead to stagnation and death. So do we leave it there? Do we, do we just expect every community of faith to die of stagnation? No. What we do every time, in every generation, is we reinterrupt this cycle with revival.